Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugar cane, Three Roll is cane to glass. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge time. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. During the COVID pandemic, much of life and learning went virtual, and we all thought we could get by just fine doing everything on Amazon and Zoom. More recently, though, we've come to find out just how important in-person connection and interaction are for business, pleasure, and especially education. While it's great we have technology to help us do things remotely, Baton Rouge entrepreneurs are helping people realize that institutions like libraries and brick and mortar learning spaces play an invaluable role in the learning process for kids and adults. With me today to discuss this is Tony Zanders, founder and CEO of SkillType, a talent management platform that Tony created in 2018 specifically to help libraries better attract, train, and retain personnel so they'll be better able to compete in the 21st century. Tony hit upon the idea several years ago when he realized that many libraries struggle with personnel problems caused by the fact that training and professional development for library employees is still really structured around the 20th century model of libraries, which was largely about collections and kind of failed to take into account what today's libraries really are all about. SkillType has created a proprietary software that helps train library personnel and then match them to library systems in need. Tony is an edtech entrepreneur who worked at Ex Libris and EBSCO, both large library database companies, before founding SkillType. Tony, it is a pleasure to have you here on Out to Lunch. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. With me and Tony at the table is Amanda Vincent, founder, owner, and CEO of Studyville, which is based off the WeWork shared office space concept, but is an academic workspace for teens. Amanda formed the company in Baton Rouge in 2020 after fighting the homework battle from the front lines of her living room during the COVID lockdown. She and her husband, Ben, tried every form of tutoring, coercion, manipulation, and textbook throwing until they realized there has to be a better way, and Studyville was born. The venture wasn't Amanda's first. She co-founded Opera Louisiane in 2007 and later started the Fur Ball, the black-tie dog-friendly fundraiser that benefits the Companion Animal Alliance. She figured if she could convince people to dress in ball gowns and bring their dogs to a ball, she could probably also convince them that studying is cool. Amanda is a creative with a background in marketing and a master's degree in opera. Amanda, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Well, I mean, these are both such interesting concepts, and I think y'all really have a lot in common. So this is a great, a great synergy. Tony, tell us, where did you really come up with the idea for this sort of unique you know, platform to help libraries specifically? I was probably on a plane somewhere back from... Australia or Hong Kong working for EBSCO. I had clients in about 30 countries visiting libraries to consult them on 
how to use software to modernize their operations. And the conversations we were having weren't really the ones that were keeping them up at night. Um, the issues that libraries were facing had less to do with the way they manage information and had more to do with people. Um, and so all the people who were employed there, they were trained during a time when the libraries were primarily managing books. And libraries have been um, getting rid of books for several years now. Wow. Um, moving more to an electronic and digital uh, information access model. The skills, however, to manage information in an electronic way are quite different. Hmm. And the training model and the recruitment model never really caught up. And the people running libraries also weren't trained to manage people. They went to library school, like here at LSU. Right. Uh, they didn't have MBAs. They don't aren't familiar with leadership. And so they're struggling to really navigate this sticky challenge. And um, when you take these long flights, you have a lot of time to think. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure it was one of those where I came up with this idea. It's a great idea. And Amanda, I want to bring you into the conversation because your right. concept is really sort of novel and very interesting as well. Most people are thinking we're getting away from bricks and mortar, right? Right. And this is a real space where kids can come and study and get tutoring services? Yeah. I mean, I think any parent who did homework during COVID lockdowns <laughs> for two months with their teenagers would gladly send them somewhere brick and mortar. <laughs> and so uh, that was part of it. But we did have the idea before COVID. Uh, we watched our older son firsthand uh, tutor. So we, we dropped him off at centers. We had tutors in the house. And we just noticed that when friends came over to study, he they fed off each other. It, one would forget about the history test, but remember there's an English essay. And the third would be like, I've been too busy studying about chemistry. I didn't even know we had an English essay due. So that it just reminded me of college and I thought, you know, in college we would all study together and we yeah. had fun together and it's hard. Kids are going a million different places today in the afternoon. So it's hard to get them together. So we wanted to create a space where they could have access to professional tutors who understood the content because that is not me. I'm mm -hmm. not going to be your chemistry tutor uh, and also socialize with your peers. That's so great. And how do you get them to study together and not goof off and play? Well, we always have tutors at large in the space who are walking around asking them if they need help. Kind of, We know who needs to be kept on task and who is good studying mm -hmm. on their own. You know, for the most part, we our students are pretty regular and we know them really well. Uh, but the atmosphere is conducive for studying. It's not we don't have behavior problems. Fantastic. Such a great concept. Tony, tell us a little bit about about the platform and like the skills assessment piece of it and how it matches the people with the right with the jobs in the libraries, right? Because that's what it really does. Sort sure. Of. Okay. Groups like the American Library Association, other professional associations uh, have always kept track of the, the competencies that are needed to be a librarian. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's what you're learning when you're in library school, getting that master's degree in information science. Um, however, the way they kept track of them was pretty outdated now. Um, so these are like PDF documents that say, here are the core competencies you need to, to do library work. And what we did was try to make, put that into a more modern environment. And mm -hmm. so the software um, 
has now created over 500 skills that librarians perform in their work. 500? 500. 500. Um, wow. Libraries are very complex operations that do everything from help people get access to Wi-Fi. Um, they help us do our taxes if you need help. Um, libraries also serve as voting um, uh, stations during uh, really? election season. Yeah. Um, you can get your favorite magazine subscriptions like Home and Garden or Harvard Business Review all for free. To provide all those services, they'll require a wide variety of skills. And so the platform does a needs assessment that asks, as a library, what are the skills you need? So take, for example, we just started working with the East Baton Rouge Parish Library System. It's an award-winning, national award-winning library system. There's about 18 branches, 500 employees. And EBR libraries and skill type are able to describe what their needs are. Mm -hmm. Then we do a self-assessment of all of the 500 employees. Understand what their skills are and what they're interested in learning. And then the software compares that data so that we can say, okay, you needed these skills as an organization. You have these skills with your employees. Where are the skill gaps? Right? What skills are missing? And once we surface those skill gaps, we're able to say for each employee, here is a personalized training plan hmm. to close those skill gaps. And it's really hard to do if a manager has 10 people to do that individually because mm -hmm. you don't have that much time in a day. But that's really where software comes in, as we can sort of scale up these efforts um, at a really low cost. It seems like that sort of platform could really be used across multiple sectors. I mean, I'm thinking especially something like education, like teachers that also probably do 500 different things, you know, in a day, right? We hear this quite often. We're only three, year olds, three years old, though, mm -hmm. and sort of have to stay focused. Um, there's about three million libraries around the world. Libraries are in every neighborhood around the world. Every college and university has a library. And um, we have a lot of work to do to sort of help prove out this more data-driven approach in that profession before we make our way into, say, K-12 or, or healthcare or, or another profession. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So interesting. So Amanda, tell us about Studyville and how it really works. Y'all have your, your brick and mortar space in Perkins Row in Baton Rouge. Right. It was a former shared office space, I think, for a while. That, no, 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 it was, no. It was empty, one. we built it. Okay, so, oh, fantastic. Yeah, okay. our space is completely ours. Uh, the way it works, the model is we are open from three to nine, Monday through Thursday, and wow. on weekends, 12 to five and 12 to seven, Saturday and Sunday. And as a member, uh, there are three different levels of membership. You can come anytime we are open, anytime during those operating hours, and you have access to a tutor who is there to help you with homework. Because sometimes you don't need private tutoring. You just need someone to explain sure. a concept to you, or you just need a space to do your homework away from your four-year-old twin sisters, <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. Uh, so that that's the way it works. Uh, base membership is $200 a month. Uh, it's uh, JV membership is what we call it. And you have discounts on all the services, can come anytime. The varsity uh, includes two private tutoring sessions a month and then the team membership it's for siblings like families of four that is fantastic mm -hmm. i mean i bet parents are just jumping at this yeah oh yeah yeah so we've seen <laughs> eight thousand students in in less than two years 
in about, in about a, a little over a year. We saw wow. eight thousand students. And and how many of them like come regularly? I mean, are they is that eight thousand subscribers or no 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 okay. not eight thousand subscribers, yeah. but walk-ins to our door mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you can just walk in if you want yeah so you can just walk in and sign Pay up yeah. yeah or uh because we have so many tutors and we have the at large the way the model works we can do last minute tutoring pretty much anytime in fact some of our parents will get upset if they call at three o'clock and there's not a four o'clock available wow. uh, yeah. because they're they've grown accustomed to us having that availability and you have to um, I guess limit the number of students you can have in there at any one time or yeah so we have software that uh, a check-in system uh, parents get a text message when the child checks in and they get a text message when they check out more importantly but that helps us manage the the tutors and the flow and it's a big enough space uh, it does get crowded mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. during certain hours, but uh, we can kind of manage it based on our membership. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Amanda Vincent of Studyville and Tony Zanders of Skilltype. Tony, um, while we're talking about school and, and students, I think a lot of people probably probably don't go to libraries once they're out of school anymore you know and then there's another population that, that probably really does I remember we used to use the public library a lot when my kids were little and especially I homeschooled them for a year so we lived at the public library and I don't think I've been back many times since you know what is the status of the library world right now and you talked about you know shifting from collections to digital what are people doing when they go to the library today and who are they um, people from all age demographics, uh, all walks of life, um, are going into the library for a wide variety of things. I would say the most important population that gets services, though, are ones who don't have access to um, Wi-Fi at home or don't okay. have access to um, a, a quiet space. Mm -hmm. um, and this is why federal funding goes to libraries. This is why state funding goes to libraries, even county or parish level funding as well. Um, like you, I, I grew up in New Orleans. Uh, I grew up at the Ladder Library on St. Sure, Charles. I remember and that one. Yeah. It was a magical place um, to just sort of uh, have no one ask you for money or a fee for admission, but just to go in and sort of explore different information. And that still happens today. Um, the Goodwood branch of our library system here uh, won a national award uh, for, the, for the architecture, but also for the services they provide to children's, to teens. Um, adults are also going to the library um, for free information. And I should clarify what I mean when I say going to the library because as you said, the shift to digital means that those services are now available on our phones. And this is something that libraries have to do a better job marketing and promoting mm -hmm. because as a citizen of Baton Rouge or of New Orleans or wherever, you already paid the taxes to get access to a free library card, a free library ID number, and as a result, you can download apps to your phone that give you access to a free version of Netflix, a really? free version of Audible, a free version of um, ebook platforms, audiobook platforms, and hundreds of magazine subscriptions that I used to <laughs> be guilty of buying when I went to the airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you get free versions of those um, on your phone or iPad or when you walk into the... And all um, you need is a library card. That's it. This is eye-opening. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, Amanda, where are your tutors coming from? Is, is it hard to find tutors? 
So they come from a lot of places, but LSU, Southern, uh, we have some teachers. We uh, have a pretty younger demographic Mm -hmm. of tutors. So they're in college, recently graduated from college, working on their master's. But we wanted the tutors to be relatable to the students. So that was very important. They have to be able to walk around the space. And um, for lack of a better word, it's got to be cool. Yeah. You know, and we want tutors that can mentor the the students as well as tutor them. Mm -hmm. And how do you vet them, I guess, to make sure that they're really going to be able to help these young people? Uh, Well, they have to have experience. We certify them, and we go through a process for certifying all of our tutors uh, with the National Tutoring Association. Our manager, they have to teach uh, her a lesson in whatever subject they're an expert in, and they have to shadow one of our senior tutors for a long time. So there's a training process. Right, right. And are you able to measure outcomes, or do you have any anecdotal information about how kids who are, you know, taking advantage of Studyville, performing better in school? Oh, absolutely. So after every session, they get a session summary of what they worked on, how they, uh, how the student was coming into the session. Were they uh, competent? Did they understand? How well did they understand what they did during the session and how the student felt or was performing after the session and suggestions for moving forward? And the students, for the most part, most of our data comes from the students coming back and saying, look, I made an A or I did this or I've, you know, grown this way. Uh, ACT prep classes, we've had students go up significantly in their scores. And so we'll, we yeah. have that data. That's great. Yeah, definite so, improvement. So they're both such interesting business concepts. Tony, um, like how... How many markets are you in? How many libraries are y'all in? And, and, and how do you make money from this? I mean, you charge the library for installing your you know, system platform or using your platform? Yep, so it's a software as a service um, platform, so it's hosted in the cloud. There's nothing to install. Yeah. You can just log on if you have Wi-Fi access. Um, we charge the libraries based on the number of employees they have. Okay. And so we bill them an annual subscription. Um, we are currently in six countries. Six um, countries, wow. Yep, the U.S., U.K., uh, Israel, uh, Australia, Singapore. And that's been one of the more exciting parts yeah. of sort of building an international business from Baton Rouge and sort of getting back to some of our historic roots of being an international trade port and seeing that come full circle. Um, part of my goals as an entrepreneur is to sort of bring money around the world into the yeah. local region. Um, and recognize the expertise we have, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to libraries and managing information, because we're <laughs> able to do more than just oil and gas and, and yeah. entertainment and tourism. And so um, we're currently in about uh, 50 library systems. And I say the word system because underneath the system, you can have dozens of libraries. Uh, sure. So we're in about 300 libraries across 50 different systems. Um, we recently just signed up our first uh, statewide um, library system, which is in the state of Delaware. And so Fantastic. every library across uh, Delaware will be using skill type to train their staff. Um, and maybe one day we do the same for Louisiana. 
and, and, and so it helps train the staff so that they're better able to respond to the needs within that particular branch or system, right? Exactly. When someone yeah. walks into the library today, they're not asking you to help them find the location of a book on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Maybe sometimes, but not a lot. Yeah. They're coming in with their cell phone and saying, hey, I'm trying to log into this online database. Can you help me troubleshoot? Or I can't get access to the Wi-Fi. Or I tried to get the full text PDF of this article, and it's not coming up on my phone and so the skills library workers need to have nowadays look a lot more like IT professionals yeah. as opposed to people who are pushing a cart around placing the books on the shelf mm -hmm. and so there's this conceptualization of librarians we have from the 70s and 80s yeah. that's not really the same anymore I bet that's so true I worked in a library in college loved it amazing did you? <laughs> I did you did a lot of interesting things, and you were an opera major yeah, or a yeah. master's in opera. Yeah, master's, yeah. That's so fantastic. That. So, and, and so you can sing operatically? Yes. Fantastic. So this is very sort of different than what you imagined, or did you perform? I, I um, did, I did yeah. perform, um, and I don't really anymore. I'm mm -hmm. too busy. But I would say the creative side um, from my background definitely helps with Studyville, Um collaboration, sure. a lot of skills in the arts that transfer over to business. And Studyville is expanding beyond Baton Rouge. Yes. Y'all just announced. Yeah, we just announced our new location in Alexandria, Louisiana. And why Alexandria and not a second location here? Uh, both my husband and I are from Alexandria. We know there's a need there. We're already tutoring some students in Alexandria because they, they don't have a whole lot of options there. Uh, they don't have the school system um, there that we have here, both with the, the public school system resources, with EBR, the private school system mm -hmm. that we have. Um, just their offerings are not as wide and vast, and they have very talented students there. Uh, also, my sister and brother-in-law are joining us, uh, and they're going to oversee the location in Alexandria. So I'm really excited about that. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Y'all talk about talent locally. Was it local talent that developed your software platform, Tony? Or did you have to farm that out to overseas or wherever? Yeah, we don't do anything overseas. I actually built the first version of SkillsType myself. Really? Yeah, I use, um, actually the libraries we work with funded it. And nice. so we went to about 300 libraries mm -hmm. talking about this idea and asking them would they fund the research and development mm -hmm. for a new way of thinking about managing people. About nine of them said yes, but that was all we needed to get about our first $280,000 that I put into the first version of the platform. Um, eventually, the version that I built needed to be improved. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when we started to look to bring on other developers. And so uh, our CTO is based in Baltimore. And we have a distributed team of engineers um, that sort of are building the platform today. Uh, the jobs we're creating locally are more around sales, customer success. Um, our head of marketing is based here. Um, and a lot of those revenue generating uh, roles within the company, um, we found are a nice sort of transition for the skill sets that we have locally. Yeah. Um, if you do a job search for some of the software development languages that mm -hmm. we need for our platform, uh, Baton Rouge in particular doesn't come up um, no. with, right. with the talent. Um, however, I think 
the future will look a bit different. Uh, I was just at LSU two weeks ago talking to the computer science majors there, many of which are looking to get into uh, tech startups. Mm-hmm. Um, they are now um, uh, being exposed by their professors to um, different ways to, um, uh, to, to sort of make an impact in the tech industry outside of going work for Blue Cross Blue Shield or, or an, a large yeah. Fortune 500 company. Um, and so I think this decade, we're going to see a lot of growth with some of these more technical um, skill sets developing locally. I hope so. What's really interesting is that we recently started micro schooling and private education and uh, homeschool membership, all different ways of learning during the day. And I would say most of our students, the parents are saying he has to have computer science. He has to have coding. He has to learn how to code. So we are doing, so we have a computer science teacher who is with us in teaching them as young as eight through Minecraft and Roblox on how to code. Fantastic. So it's definitely something that we are aware of that students need to learn. Have you, how have y'all marketed your companies? I mean, have, have you had to advertise or is it just oh, yes. taken off by word of mouth? Oh, no, no, no. We, no. we definitely had. Because we opened during COVID, there weren't a whole lot of opportunities to get out in the community. And we had to explain the concept. We really, like, people didn't understand. No, it was so new, so right? wait, I can come anytime. And why is it $200 a month? And when's my appointment and why and so we really had to say you know explain it over and over again a lot of education Mm -hmm. but now that's fantastic and tony has it been hard to get the word out for y'all or not sort of an industry uh, thing it spreads yeah i wouldn't call it hard um one of the things about the library industry is that they share a lot of information about Mm -hmm. who they are um, how to contact them it's a pretty transparent and public profession um and because we're a software company, a lot of the ways we do outreach is online. And so we didn't have to really leave Baton Rouge much to have an international impact. This year will be the first year we start to get into advertising. Um, but it's been word of mouth so far. And it's a small, tight-knit group of these professionals. Um, and they get together both online and in person to share best practices at conferences, um, so we were just in Portland last week for the Public Libraries Association Conference, and it's sort of really a way to meet with a bunch of them at one time. Well, Tony Zanders and Amanda Vincent, you both are working in such an important space, helping create places and platforms where people can learn and grow, whether as high school students or lifelong learners. It's been a pleasure visiting with you both today and hearing about your creative visions. Thanks so much for joining me Thanks, on Out Stephanie. to Lunch. Thanks so much. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Tony Zanders of SkillType and Amanda Vincent of Studyville. You can learn more about SkillType and Studyville by going to our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website at itsbatonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from the show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Eric Otts. You can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at at Acro, that's A-C-R-E-A-U-X. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. 
The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansur's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugarcane, Three Roll is cane to glass. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.